I'm telling you, Sean, my, I've always loved Bossa Nova, Sergio Mendez, Martin Denny, Arthur Lyman, the sort of background, exotica, lounge, space age, bachelor pad music, Esquivel. I've always liked that stuff. And we don't get to pick how or who we're going to be when we wake up every morning, right? Like, you don't get to pick what you fall in love with. You don't get to pick whether or not you like French silk cake. Although, there's something very, very wrong with you if you don't like French silk. I just... Again. I had some for Easter. Did you really? Yes, I did. <gasps> Look at that. And Easter just came and went. So, my point is this, is I've always had a, a, a penchant for this sort of music. But for whatever reason, in the last month and a half, it's all I want to do. It's I, All I do is collect records like... Uh, like this by Bud Shank. You can look at the cover and know what you're going to get. Oh, yeah. You're going to get tasty saxophone over beautiful exotic marimba and percussion. I can't get enough of it. So, Martin Denny, I am indebted to you. And my spring of 2021, I don't know if it's COVID-related. I don't know if it's isolation-related. I don't know if it's just because I finally have settled down, lost some of my attention, and become much groovier. But I just love, <laughs> love that kind of music. I love your smoking jacket that you're wearing right now as you listen to this. Well, actually, if I were standing up, you'd realize it was a full robe with very little oh, underneath. Is. That is. Very That's little okay. underneath. You own it, soldier. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. If only we were allowed to smoke inside, I'd have the pipe as well. Yes, you would. Mm. <laughs> possibly possibly my cigarette at the end of a cigarette holder, yes, which yes. I've always kind of dug that thing. I'm like, Me I'm too. no Audrey Hepburn by any stretch of the imagination, but I bet I could pull it off. Elbow length gloves. But that's for another Bonjour, time. Pussycat. <laughs> Don't make it weird, man. Why? Episode, that's not weird. Epi- it's just No, it's just, just that's what everyone does, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Did you say bonjour, pussycat? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> super weird. Um, chat, by the way, is how you say cat in French, all right? Chat. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's episode 146 of the Brian Oak Show. I am Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. And we've got a great guests coming in today. You know, largely we deal with musicians on this show, but we've dealt with entrepreneurs, Uh we've had painters, we've had religious figures, we've had political figures. It's about telling the stories of the community that we live in, and we've had, surprisingly, although we've had people with experience in theater, very few sort of theater-centric people, and so I'm looking forward to today's guest. More on that coming up in just a bit. What I want to do first is mention first big thunderstorm of the season last night. Yes. Awesome. Love it. Like, it woke me up out of bed, and I could not have been more delighted. I wanted a full night's sleep, and I'm like, but with that that house-rattling thunder that comes over, I get up, I draw the blinds, I, you know, I pull the curtains. I want to watch the skies light up. I love a good thunderstorm. You sealed the smoking jacket, though, first, before you opened up the... Not necessarily. Okay. I opened myself to the possibilities of nature, exactly. Um, No, you you get up and you you see the light and you you feel the kinetic dynamics of it. It felt like spring. It was awesome. Plus a good rain to wash away all the filth of the winter and the pestilence that we've been living yes. through uh it was wonderful to have that storm also easter uh so he is risen just so you know rolled did he away see the, a shadow rolled away the stone where the hell is that dude i know we left him in here i know we left him in here but he wasn't there so once again happy passover to everybody happy easter to everybody if you celebrate i'm not particularly a man of faith but growing up catholic i did read a lot of new testament and I would like to reiterate once again, although I'm not a man of faith, I don't necessarily believe that he was the savior or a divine being. I do believe 
that Jesus was pretty freaking rad. And he loved everybody. He was a brown-skinned Middle Eastern Jew who consorted with sex workers and the lowest of the low yes. among people and said, love everyone. The, the, whatever you do to the least of my brothers, you also do unto me. And one of my favorite memes on the planet is he says that. And then the next panel is like, but what if they're gay? And Jesus says from the Mount, did I fucking stutter? I love it. Just be good to everybody. Be more like Jesus, whether or not you're a believer. So that's come and gone. And before we get to today's guest, I want you to have a chance to brag because in this life, there is so much difficulty. There is so much that is uphill. There is so much that is challenging. And your son just did something pretty fucking fantastic that I know you feel very good about. So give me the Cliff Notes version. The Cliff Notes version is that my son signed to play baseball at Augsburg University yesterday. And he's a kid that did not have a straight line upward towards, you know, baseball excellence. Mm -hmm. He's battled. And he battled, you know, at one point they said he's legally blind in his right eye. So the idea of even playing high school baseball was a stretch, but they finally tried a contact and then a higher prescription and a higher prescription. And he kept working out, kept doing the work, kept doing the work. And he took off, took speed training, paid for it himself with his job and his money. Right. And went down to Arizona with me, as I told you, and went off and he started getting offers from different schools. And we met with Augsburg yesterday morning and didn't know that they were going to say, we want you to play shortstop for us. Just going to do a college visit. Yes. And we did the tour, and they're like, well, you know that we want him to come and play here. And so we actually had to have them leave the room, because I said to my son, I said, this is your decision. It's not our decision at this point. Right? Do you want to do this? He's like, oh, yeah. I would love to play here. They play at Parade. They get to play at U.S. Bank Stadium in the spring. And I get to watch him play for another four years and watch this kid's dream come true. So was he crying? No. Was my wife crying? No. Was I crying? Close. I was hyperventilating more than. <laughs> oh, don't don't you dare! You know me. I've cried yeah, I openly was, on this podcast oh, dozens know, of times. I know. I know you were crying. I just want my kids to be happy and to right. be good people and and be kind to other people and uh, just to try hard at your life because there's enough bullshit out there and enough mean people out there and it's like just follow your dreams. I don't care what it is. My daughter's a big music fan and you know, likes to write music and, you know, she's not going to go be a rock star, but do it for yourself. Do it because you love it and do it to the best of your ability. You know, know? I wasn't unhappy as a kid. I wasn't unhappy as a young adult. And you heard people say things like that all the time. And you're like, fuck you. I got my own thing going on. I wish I would have listened more. There's a few things I wish I would have tried at harder. Mm -hmm. A few things I wish I would have applied myself at more. A few things, you know, basically you you always get that question. If you could go back and visit your younger self, what would you, what would you, what would you give yourself as a piece of advice? And the only thing I've ever thought was say yes more, you know, do it, give it a shot, like sink your teeth into it. The worst thing that's going to happen is it's not going to work and you're young enough that you can still figure out whatever the fuck else it is that you want to do. So, well, congratulations to your son and to you, you. man. That's really awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And to my wife, I'd say, and you know, she's just been instrumental in this as well. So I I coached him all the young years and I've just tried to be there to help him and to give him some guidance sometimes to say, look, dude, I know it sucks that COVID's happening. You're not going to have a junior year of baseball because nobody gets one, Right. but you can mope about it or you can hit the weight room and you can 
you know, hit some balls and, you know, do what you can do to, to get better. And to his credit, he went through about a day and a half of being depressed, which I'd never seen happen with him before. And then right. he turned it around and he did the work. And I, I, that's a life lesson, right? That's something that shit happens. That's out of your control. What are you going to do about it? You know, global pandemic. What are you going to do? Are you going to man up or are you going to lay down you like the elephant ass. man? Get to your room. That's okay. what I, no, that's I know. You didn't really that's do that. True. But are you going to lay down like the elephant man and listen to sad music and die? Or are you going to get up and do the thing? Get up and do the fucking thing. Today's guest <laughs> is somebody who has done the thing for her whole life. Tiffany Park Roberts. I want to read her bio right now, but I'm going to save it for the other side of this first song because... After reading the bio, there's enough to unpack that I feel like we could do like a six-month series yes. on Tiff Dynamite. <laughs> I think it's, I sent you the abbreviated bio as well. I have an actual like long one. Like, like what, like a 10-page one? Because it's, Is it paperback? This is, no, this is, <laughs> this is literally one paragraph, and there is so much in there, including but not limited to Dildo Bingo, that we are going to, we are going to dig into all of it as deeply as you're comfortable with, or frankly, it's probably me. I'm the, I'm the square one in the room as, as much gonna, as I'm comfortable we're with. We're going to dig into Dildo Bingo as deeply as I'm comfortable with. Is there a difference between a Dildo <laughs> I and a, and that a Dauber? Like, is the Dauber the Dildo? And the the Dauber's the prize. We can talk oh. about that, but that's the prize, okay. but yeah, well, use the Dauber, yeah. I did phrase that wrong, didn't I? Yeah, I did. I did absolutely. You phrased it perfectly right. Thank you, <laughs> Tiffany. Uh, before we talk to Tiff, we are going to hear one quick song. Uh, I always like to pick the first song of the show and then leave the rest of the songs throughout the show to the guests. And this one I've chosen is from a top five all-time band for me. Band, yeah. Whether you are, you know, maybe you know him as Black Francis, or maybe you know him as Frank Black, or maybe you know him as Charles Thompson the Fourth. Quite, I say, from New England, he has been the front man for one of the most interesting and, in my opinion, important American uh-huh. bands ever. Kurt Cobain, who also we just passed an anniversary of yesterday, was 27 years since his death, and he was 27 when he died. Think about that. Kurt Cobain would be 54 right now. Anyway, Kurt Cobain said, without this band, we would not be the band we are today. This was the band, more than any other in the rock era, that pioneered the loud, quiet, loud bit. And they put out a series of incredible records and then broke up like that because nobody could get along. (laughs) Classic rock and roll story. They went a long time, everyone pursuing their own projects. They got back together. And now Pixies are once again a band. But going back to that first era, I got a chance to see them three times in that era. And then their reunion show back in 2004 at the Fine Line, one of my all-time favorite bands. So saying, happy birthday. How old is he today? Doing a little quick math. 56 years old today, one Black Francis and Pixies on The Brian Oak Show.
Yeah, once you have to explain it, <laughs> once you have to explain the thing that made everyone in the room uncomfortable, suddenly people are only more uncomfortable. It is the Brian Oak Show, Oak Show episode 146, supported by Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? Sean, what the hell is ignition interlock? Well, it's this thing where you blow into this device, and then it actually helps your car start and keep running. So if you're somebody that... Provided you haven't been drinking. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, you have to you have to be sober when you do it. And uh, Ed and Mike over there actually went to the state legislature and said we we really feel like people should be able to still drive. They haven't been convicted of anything, by right. the way. But in Minnesota, if you are accused, you get your license taken away for six months, a year, maybe more. Uh, this allows you to actually be able to drive and to go places, help your kids get to school and uh, jujitsu lessons and that sort of thing. What about throwing pots? Like if you have your kids going to pottery classes, you can drive them to there as well? Yeah, if they want to throw pots, they can absolutely do that. <laughs> Tiffany, did, did, you have up, a, did you have an interjection? No. I was just laughing about that. Okay. All right. <laughs> just that very specific circumstance. Well, I mean, that. you know. Maybe yeah. maybe they are in the top of their class at the knife throwing academy. They could yep. be. You just you yep. don't know. Yes. You yep. need to get them there. The bottom line is this: if you or someone you love or know has made a critical error and drove while you were drinking, even if you haven't been convicted, you are going to lose your license. Smart Start MN can get you back in your car sooner, faster, and for less money than you otherwise might expect. And they've been on board for a full-blown 146 episodes of The Brian Oak Show. We love them, and we think that if you need their services, you will too. How do you best utilize their services, Go to Sean? smartstartmn.com slash The Brian Oak Show. That will get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Seems like a very, very reasonable deal. It's a bargain at twice the price. Well, that seems strong. But uh, actually, you know what? It kind of is. I wish they would let us say how much it costs because it's, 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 I don't know. How, how do a they keep pittance. the lights on there? It is a mere, <laughs> feed the birds, tuppence a day. Anyone? What's happening? Mary Poppins? Oh, there it is. There oh, it is. Okay. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a musical theater guy. Are, I, I really do love musical theater. <laughs> we're I, both looking at you like you have two heads. Really? Yeah, no. Like, feed the <laughs> Just birds one tuppence a day. That was the poor beggar woman who would, for a tuppence, she'd give you crumbs to feed the birds. But then the old crotchety banker made the kids go over and put their pennies into the bank. <clears throat> Which one of them had the interlock system? None of, none of them. They were just young yeah. children, Shifting. and they came from a privileged upper class situation, so they would never have to really deal with that sort of thing. Unlike unlike the regular working class among us, Tiffany Park Roberts. I'm going to read the bio you sent me only because I'm so enamored of it. I I love most people who send bios. They don't seem to be comfortable promoting themselves, describing themselves, or talking about themselves. Fools! And, well, I mean, it, it, that's <laughs> difficult, right? It's hard to quantify yourself. But apparently, I mean, and I feel like you showed restraint here. I feel like there's so much more here. I'm going <laughs> so to... Much, so much restraint, Brian. Because I've, uh, I've been an MC since, like, 1999, and I also produced a lot, produced a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. And so, like, right now I'm in the middle of wrangling a bunch of people's bios for our website. And it is a process. Well, uh, to say the very least, because, uh, well, then you can agree, people don't like writing their bios. And then you have to come up with them and they're like, well, this part, well, that part, well, fuck you, okay? Because if you're not going <laughs> to give me a good one, I'm going to write a good one like this one right here. Tiffany Park Roberts, also known as Tiff Dynamite, has been the boom in the room since 1982 with the opening of her first production, Excessively Long Driveway Productions Presents Murder in Strawberry Shortcake Land. Since that day, she has tirelessly begged for attention via comedic 
Ecdysism. Ecdysism. That's a new one on me, and I don't hear many new ones. It, it means burlesque. Oh, okay. oh, ho, ho. Cool <laughs> costuming and cosplay, silly stage and film thespianism, interminable screen and sketch writing, despotic direction, and prolific production. She has produced numerous drag and girly shows and is the co-creator of the North High Beaverettes, Genderfication, a Gender Emancipation, and the nationally infamous Dildo Bingo. Tiff is the former artistic director of Minsky Theater and current artistic director at Nerd Dom's Universe. Her very favorite thingy is writing and directing the Wicked Wenches parody troupe as they create their original shows, including the Strip Wars Holiday Special and Cherry Hotter and the Hallowed Order of the Half-Blood Prisoners Secret Stones of Fire. <laughs> TiffDynamite.com. Go there now. If you want, if you if you need to catch your breath, as I do, pause the podcast. Go to Tiff T I F Dynamite dot com and kind of you know let yourself saturate, let, let it uh, you marinate, know, marinate in it a little bit, masticate whatever the case may be. Let it move around inside you, and then resume this particular podcast. Tiffany, hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm excellent. How are you? I'm very good. good. I'm so much better now after reading that out loud. <laughs> I feel alive again after sort of a period of, you know, like just quieting down. And ah, it's good to see people face to face. And I'm so glad that you agreed to come in today and hang out. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Even if you only had sent me two words, dildo bingo, I feel like we could talk for an hour and a half. Oh, for sure. But there's so much more there. So I'd like to start before we really dive into your creative process, your creative life. Where are you from? I want, I want to start at the beginning, but not in too in-depth, but where are you from? Okay, at the beginning, um, I was conceived in Italy. Wow. And then, yes, my father was a, a nuclear physicist, and so he spent a lot of time traveling um, and with my mom. Was a nurse. Time traveling? And it, mostly, yeah, <laughs> mostly time traveling. <laughs> yes, that's where he is now. Um, uh, and I was born in Michigan, and we lived there for three years in Ann Arbor, and then uh, uh, dad started work at Rice University in Texas, where he's a physics professor. Um, so we lived there for about five years, and my parents got divorced, and we moved to Philadelphia. So we lived in Philadelphia for four or five years, and then we moved here to Minneapolis, and so I've lived here since then. So yeah. academia was a part of at least your very early life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, so writing, reading, learning, obviously, has always been a part of it. Clearly, at some point, theater or dressing Oddly, or, you know, I, again, I, when I say things like playing dress up or acting out, a lot of people take those as pejoratives, right? They take it as negative. Oh, sure. I don't. And I, I'm certain that you absolutely do not. When does this become a part of Tiffany's persona? It's, um, so I would have said junior high probably is when I, when I look back at foot, my mom is have obsessively has photo albums and I would have said junior mm. high and my mom asked my mom once about that. I said, mom, when did I stop being shy? And she said, oh God, when your sister was born. She was getting all this attention. You had enough of that. You were three. Wow. So, so apparently sometime when I was three, but I didn't really like it. I was pretty shy as a kid, so I didn't come out for, for quite a long time until like I got, I got, I got bigger and bigger as I got older. Yeah. You know? Understood. And so, I mean, like, but at a certain point, it's one thing to dress a certain way. It's one, you know, to be a big personality. But then there is, there's a tipping point, right? Like you need to be bigger. You need to be on stage. You need to be dramatic. You need to make sure that when you walk down the hallways in high school or junior high, high school, even though you may get your 
books knocked out of your hand and be called a nerd, you want to make sure that you don't look like anybody else. Do you remember that happening? It's uh, Yeah. I mean, I think I've sort of been like that my entire life. As mm-hmm. I'm just not interested. Once something gets... <laughs> when, this sounds so snotty but like once something gets really popular i'm like i don't care about that anymore well because you've already, already done it right yeah i already did that already well did but that. It, but also it stops being interesting i mean i fell into the same trap i grew up in coon rapids which was about as monochrome as you can imagine it was it was a john hughes movie right i mean yeah. there was the strata <laughs> of you were a jock you were a popular person you were a freaker you know you were a greaser a, a burnout whatever are we are we i feel like that's age are we roughly the same age when did you graduate from high school 86 86 okay i graduated in 90 so we're, okay, so, we're so you're younger, but, so, but I mean, yeah. So I, it's all that it's all that area. Of, there's yes, still a lot of similarity. It was there. a John Hughes movie, yes. and so mm-hmm. I remember at one point, people, you know, even some of the burnouts, even some of the jocks would have their left ear pierced. And I was like, and I was one of the weird alternate kids with the trench coat and the asymmetrical new wave haircut, right? <laughs> and, you know, yeah, trust me, they, they didn't love it in Coon Rapids. But when I went to get my ear pierced, I decided I'm getting them both pierced. Now, there was the old classic phrase of left is right and right is wrong. Because if yeah. you had just your right ear pierced, right. you were a homosexual, which, whoa. That was Go a, ahead and, and dress in your, in your funny suits. You were not allowed to do that back then. And I got them both pierced and nobody knew what to think. Nobody, like, and so I was the same way. I'm like, well, if, if 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 some of these squares have their left ear pierced, I'm doing them both. I'm a pirate. Didn't go over well. But I still, I much like you, I couldn't stop. Now, I did do theater, and I did want to be on the stage, and I didn't want to be like the squares around me, but I was also painfully shy. You, at some point, I mean, theater must become must have become a part of your life early on. Uh, actually, I mean, other than a couple of things in, in high school and college, I didn't really do too much theater. What I was started, your first theater in high school? I want to know your first role. Uh, uh, what did we do? We uh, we did Hello, Dolly. Okay. I think, yeah. I don't even remember what my role was. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. No, I just, I did Paw Carnes in Oklahoma, and I was yeah. just hoping we could talk about that a little bit. <laughs> but then, so you do you do a little bit in high school. So I did a little bit in high school, and just a little bit of stuff in college. And I went to college. I have a, a psychology degree, that's what I went to college for. Uh, and then... um. Uh, and then I got out of college and I just wanted to do, a, I wanted to do not thinking work for a little bit. Like I wanted mm. to not do academic work basically for a little bit. So mm. I did other stuff. Um, and, uh, I was, I got a waitressing job working at a bar in St. Paul, um, called Club Metro, uh, which was a lesbian bar and it was gigantic. Mm. And so I got a job waitressing there and a guy who ran the place hired me and wanted me to, to um, start a go-go dancing show. He's like, can you get some of your friends to come in and just dance around for the lesbians? I was like, sure, sounds good. So, like so, in cages or just around on the floor just, or had, on but, yeah, pillars? Like, like, there was a dance floor and we had little boxes we could stand on. Like okay. So, so that's right. how I started out um, performing was was that. Um, wait, that's not true. I, I don't know if my mom's going to listen to this or not, but I was a stripper for a little bit. And then I did that. Yeah. Um, but so that was the first actual performance performance. So um, I did. Uh, so we did the go-go dancing thing. And then that and then from there it took off and we uh, got involved in drag shows and things like that kind of all over the place. And I mean, I was performing like five days a week and, and still working and things like that. So it was a lot. Um, and then uh, and then I kind of got tired of that. And I discovered burlesque in like around 2000. And I started doing burlesque for a few years. Mm. And then because I'm me. I got tired of that and wanted to do something else. So I started taking improv classes and doing sketch comedy. And so I did that for uh, a number of years. And then uh, and then I rediscovered burlesque and um, uh, circus arts. And so I started doing circus and then, <laughs> like aerial circus. Um, and then that brought me to um, this woman who was teaching circus classes. And she uh, is uh, she had this idea about owning a theater. 
And so she opened it a few years later, and she hired me, and I was her artistic director um, of Minsky Theater, which is a vaudeville revival house, and we did parody and, and traditional theater and musicals and things like that. So, um, And so she's my show partner now, and she um, she and another lady and I own uh, Nerdums Universe, which is our new LLC. Um, and we take all the stuff that we do and put it online and um, all of our tra- we're all traditional theater people and we used to doing things live. And now with the pandemic, we had to start shifting to doing things um, on the Internet, which is kind of a nice push, I think, for us to do something a little bit different, to try to push out to a different audience, to a more worldwide audience. So that's um, so that's that. And like all sorts of stuff in the middle. I was going to say you raced right to the end. And so yes. we're going to go back and dissect <laughs> a whole bunch of that. Okay, sure. Yeah, I have a question back to improv. Do Mm -hmm. you feel like it made you a better performer overall? Um, I cannot say, I know you're probably like me with this, I cannot say enough about how every single person in the world should take improv classes for everything in your life. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I mean, that's why the the Braving Workshop has those classes just for everyday people and does corporate gigs because it helps everything in your life and it helps you just as a person in general to be more confident in yourself and to be able to handle situations and to dive inside yourself it's amazing and all of the actors who i work with on a regular basis i make them do improv exercises and i keep mm-hmm. telling them you need you should take a class you'll be less tortured by this if you go get a little bit of training you'll be able to deal with things on stage because i tend to be one of those people because i've done a lot of improv is that um if something is happening on stage and i know what the lines are i wrote them but yeah. like i'm still guess what's about to happen something <laughs> Something funnier just came into my head, and that's yeah. what we're going with right now. And so it's a lot easier to handle those things um, in general in life and also yes. on stage. If you um, if you have that kind of training, it's terrific. I became a better listener, I found, through improv. That it's, you know, the perception for most people is like, oh, God, you're an improviser, so you're Mr. One-Liner and, you know, this or that. It's like it's about active listening. And I can tell people have been through improv training because they are fantastic listeners. And it's about gifting somebody in a conversation, which actually works in real life really well, too, if you're authentic about it. You know, if you're actually actively listening, which, by the way, you, the entire show, even at the beginning part, you're sitting up, you're looking at us, and you're paying attention. Believe it or not, not everybody does that all the time. No, you well, know, most people are waiting yeah, for their chance to talk, and it's a less engaging conversation, right? I mean, it's, I've taken a couple of improv classes. I don't have anywhere near the experience either of you two do, and I'm going to be honest, it made me uncomfortable, but it also kind of reminded me of the skill set that I like most in the people around me. You don't have to listen to everything I say. I know I have a tendency to yammer on endlessly. (laughs) But what it does do over time, and whether we're talking about standing on stage or sitting in the boardroom or walking down the street or seeing friends casually, being able to have an energetic and engaging interaction makes life better, right? Otherwise, it, it could be a boring 20 minutes. It could be a fantastic 20 minutes. Not everybody has to be a comedian. Not everybody has to be deep and insightful and wise. But to be engaged, to be present in the moment is really kind of, to me, the essence of what it's all about. It, it really is. And I just, I, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't, I'm, I know that I'm really extroverted. So this isn't the, I know a lot of introverts. And so I know they're a little mm-hmm. different than me. I'm like a 95th percentile extrovert. So like by myself, I'm like, oh, I'm going crazy. Um, <laughs> the pandemic's been a little rough. Yeah, a little bit. Agreed. A little, I lost it once, like months and months ago, I lost it. I was standing in my living room and I just started crying because I was like, because <laughs> uh, I'm used to having like hundreds of people give me their energy. Yes. You know, like in front of me in an audience and I'm just talking to them and I can talk endlessly, obviously, and I can just keep going and going and going. And I guess I love that um what they can give back to me all the time is this exchange. It's so wonderful. And you can do that just every day 
on the street walking mm-hmm. around and having an energy exchange with people. It was mm-hmm. just so fantastic. I don't understand as an extrovert why anyone would want to, um, I get it intellectually, but I don't understand like, why <laughs> you would want to avoid like making eye contact or having a conversation mm-hmm. with someone because no matter what they're going to say or no matter who they are, there's some there's something to be taken from mm-hmm. that conversation and to, be, and to be learned from it about that person or I love life. your positivity, or, but I've met know. some real adults. I'm going to be honest. All right. I love your positivity, but there there are some fucking posts out there. Okay. These these emotional holes of these emotional black holes of need that are just that will suck your soul dry. Energy vampires. So, yeah. but largely I do agree with what you're saying. It's it's better to be engaged in the situation than to avoid it. Well, even with those those holes, even with those black holes, um, you can, uh, I mean, you have the energy that someone just gave you, so give it to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, they might suck it in for that moment, but maybe that will give them a little bit of a spark, you know, just to start their own um, energy. You know what I mean? Your positivity is frightening me a little bit right now, so what we're going to do is <laughs> we're going to hear a song. Like, well, we're a just, really we're, depressing, not depressing at all. Song. No, no, this song. So here's the weird thing. I ask every guest who comes on here, regardless of what they do, from what walk of life they are, maybe they're a musician and they choose three of their own songs, maybe they choose three things. I prefer it when it's all over the map, and I prefer it when it reflects the individual in charge, or the person who's the guest. And I, I have never had anything against pop music and this song in particular i freaking adore this song everything about it and i don't when people are like oh it's a guilty pleasure screw you either you enjoy it or you don't there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure mm-hmm. i freaking love this song but i want to know why you love this song okay how i got introduced to this song was not in the traditional way that one would get introduced to it when it came out because i don't think that was the kind of music i was listening to at the time but um so i was working at grumpy's downtown mm-hmm. and tom always had this uh, like cd jukebox where he had stuff in it that was that was more the vibe that he was going for, right? right. Well, a little like, more Pixies than, yeah. say, the band we're yes. about to hear. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so, like, he like he really did a wonderful job creating a vibe with that restaurant. And um, uh, so he put in an internet jukebox at some point, but no one had actually programmed it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been about, like, two weeks unprogrammed before they got to it. So it, it was on its default program. So what it would do is every 30 minutes, it would play, like, a round of different songs. And this song... Almost every single time, every half hour would come on, and so many of the people who worked in the bar were like, "Oh, I hate this so much!" And I was dancing around the room. I was like, "This is great! This is great!" And it just makes me like immediately when I hear it, it makes me happy. So this is the song that um that is my alarm every morning when I wake up. This is what gets me going.
Now, unlike today's guest, I don't know that I would appreciate it every single morning. But I haven't heard that song in a hot minute. And it's a fucking perfect jam. The only thing that really makes it dated is sort of the the weak, scritchy, scritchy (laughs) in there. But otherwise, it's perfect. You know, now you look at pictures of the boys, the Hanson brothers, and they're all completely grown-ass men with children of their own and families. But... In the summer of 1977, when that song landed, it was it was nuclear. It was an incredibly amazing mega song, and pop perfection doesn't change over the course of time. I'm someone who has a deep love for perfect pop songs, and that's one of them. I'm really glad you pulled that song. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Do you see yourself being cremated or buried someday, Tiffany? But, uh, well, I was kind of hoping that we could um, like cremate my ashes yeah. and then take me up in a plane, Oh yeah, and then someone could skydive and just... Throw them out. Okay. Wow. Because if you said buried, I'd say let's... Boring. Yeah, boring. That's boring. Unless unless you have a string like a a chatty Cathy doll (gasps) that people can pull on. Oh, my God. Can I change my answer? You can (laughs) change. You can always change your answer. You still have a monument where people can do that and and be thrown from a plane. It's not required that you are down in the dirt for that. You know what? You have to commit to your bit. Yes. So I might have to be in the dirt because you have to commit to that bit 100%. How great would that be in the cemetery? You just pull a chatty Cathy string. What is this? What is this string? <laughs> pull me. Should exactly. I? <laughs> and just super loud, too, so that people <laughs> across the street can hear it. <laughs> just scary. Right. That's how my mind works, <laughs> Tiffany, just so you know. She's known as Tiff Dynamite. Tiff, uh, Tiffany... <laughs> Parks Roberts is our guest, so I want to talk to you about, I think one of the reasons I originally reached out to you is we've never had a burlesque performer on the show before, and burlesque to me is fascinating because, you know, I got nothing against strippers, I got nothing against anybody who does anything that's sort of deemed as sex work, but burlesque to me occupies a different realm. Obviously, there's something sort of saucy about it, something suggestive, but it's it's theatrical, it's whimsical, it is artistic. To me, burlesque is, I don't know, among the the people who are purveyors, right, or creators or appreciators, it's a well-known commodity. But I think there's a, a much wider group out there who look at burlesque as sort of the more dress-up or cosplay version of stripping, and I don't think that's the case. What drew you to burlesque? Uh, well, I mean, burlesque and stripping are different. Stripping mm-hmm. is, a, is a job. Like, it's a it's right. legit, like, straight-up, um, it can be rough job you know and uh burlesque is uh burlesque also many people do it for an actual job Mm -hmm. like like it is a job it's an art job and it's it's a theater and art job is what it is performance job and it just happens to be a naked performance job but um uh but what drew me to it i think i saw um so yes okay so my grandmother um um i have older grandparents um and my uh my like my grandparents were born in like you know 1898 and like wow. and like 1910 wow. like stuff like that yeah like everybody in my family waits till they're yeah like my great-grandfather was born in 1853 like, i'm sorry what yeah like my people's my people my people spend a long time doing things like <laughs> like, w- like winning the civil war before they decide to reproduce <laughs> exactly. yeah you know what i mean like like they just they just they spend a long time like making decisions before they decide to have yeah. children and um uh i missed my window on that one but they but um they <laughs> They, um, but, uh, so my grandmother was, was very, um, she was from Alabama. Well, she's from Georgia, but she lived in Alabama and she, um, and so she's very Southern and, um, in very 1940s. And I sort of grew up with that aesthetic with her when we would go it's visit. like a slow talking woman. Oh, one of those. oh, I can't even go as low as she just, cause you know how fast I talk. Yes. And Agnes would just, Tiffany. 
you have got to slow down, honey. <laughs> I cannot understand a word you were saying. But Agnes, Agnes, I love it, Agnes. Um, but so, so Agnes had a very, uh, had always had a very 1940s vibe about her. So, sorry, yeah. I appreciate that aesthetic. Right? Oh yeah. So translation. So then, um, I I actually saw a friend of mine, um. Uh, Sweet Pea, who is um, a very famous burlesque performer, who is a wonderful, amazing human being, and um, I actually saw her. This is one of how I met her: is that she uh, she was performing um, at a at a burlesque show, one of the first ones in the cities, and uh, at uh, Le Cirque Rouge, and um, and I saw this, and I was like, "What? I've seen this on you know, I've seen this before. I swear in photographs, but look at this amazing thing people are doing." I was like, "That is so yeah. cool looking," um, and I and at that time of my in in my life in my. Uh, like late 20s and uh, early 30s i was more into like sexy performance you know now i'm all like how can we make this funny and gross like that's what i do now you know? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it. i love what you're doing make it a little more make it a little grosser uh-huh. great great um but so yeah like i do like we did the strip wars hall interruption myself um uh we did the, the strip wars holiday special you know that yeah. star wars holiday yes. special piece oh of shit, yeah right? so, that thing's amazing. Life day. Yes, life day. Yeah, uh-huh. that thing's amazing. Uh, well. So I saw it when I was a kid, and I, I somehow convinced my show partner, Jack, that we were going to, I don't know how I convinced her. I was like, here's our next parody. We're doing a Strip Wars holiday special. And she was like, what the hell? And she's younger than I am. She's she's about uh, 12 or 15 years younger than I am. So so she hadn't seen it. I saw that thing on TV, right? Oh, yeah. So she hadn't seen it. And I was like, oh, it's going to be great. And so I sat down for literally eight hours, and I wrote it. Like, that's on, as long as it took, because some of it, it's in Wookiee. You know, so, um, <laughs> so I wrote that thing. <laughs> And I got to play Sondan, who's the traitor, you know, who's yeah. that character or whatever. So I got like this bald cap wig, you know, and everything. And I did this stripping thing about Wookiee Mart and I like sing a song. It's so stupid. And so I'm like, how could I make this ridiculous and unattractive? I'm doing it. Um, anyway, so, but that's how I got started in Bless was watching, yeah. was watching these uh, uh, very pretty ladies and gentlemen doing their thing. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I had a go-go show at the time. And I said, here's what we're going to do, ladies. Once a month, we're going to do this. So you don't just get to dance around. You have to create a routine for oh, yeah. it. Um, which at first they complained about it and then they really loved it. It could be fire swallowing. It could be plate spinning. It could be <laughs> whatever just, it is. Whatever, just about anything, but also a little saucy at the same time. Okay. I have not seen a plate spinning burlesque, but I would like to see that. If anyone out there has that routine, please contact me. Well, please. It's a great, I mean, you know, it, it, the only reason I brought that up is because I, when I think burlesque, I think a little bit old school, even though it's obviously still a very popular art form now, but Every time I drop the metaphor on someone like, got a lot of plates spinning right now, meaning you're very busy, I realized even I was already, I, plate spinning was out by the time I was born. <laughs> but, you know, you look back at old episodes of the Ed Sullivan oh, show, yeah. there are people who literally spin plates and they've got 20 or 30 plates spinning. Yeah. And that was the whole bit. I got a lot of plates spinning right now. But a plate spinning burlesque, that's... Um, that sounds a little frantic, actually. I, that may I take am, away from some of the eroticism. Uh, no, because I mean, because there's. I mean, have you ever seen people do like hooplesque, where they do hula hoop and take yeah, their clothes off? Yeah, yeah. Amazing, and like the hula hoop is on fire, and wow. they take their clothes off. That I haven't like, seen. Yeah, like like you can you can do anything. You can do anything, <laughs> huh? It's it's a very varied. It's, a, it's quite a varied. Well, that's art what I mean. Well. So, like when you say there's an act, like you know, I mean, like it's more than just the quiet and and you know seductive disrobing. The burlesque often incorporate maybe singing, you know, maybe oh, yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe daring do feats of acrobatics or oh, yeah. work in the silks or that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, all that absolutely happens. Yeah, that sing and fling where you're where you're stripping and singing and there's oh yeah and absolutely and. and 
uh, aerial arts and circus, different kinds of circus stuff, fire I, or not, blah, blah, blah. And so there's a lot of that that goes on, and, and burlesque still happens and drag shows still happen. I wanted to make sure and, and ask you before we run out of time. I've got so many things I want to talk to you about. I wasn't joking when I said we could make this a six-part series. Um, Nerd Dom's universe. So cosplay, obviously, has always happened. With the almost freakish ascendancy of things like Comic-Con over the last 10 to 15 years, more people know what cosplay is than ever have before, right? I mean, it's 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 actually entered proper popular culture, right? I mean, yeah. and people know, whereas pre-internet, you know, and, and things like that, it was it was a much, much smaller and more dedicated community. Now it's gone, you know, geometric and everybody knows and big businesses come in and high end, you know, lots of money is poured into it and it's changed the game of it. At its core, it's still the same thing. What is Nerd Dom's Universe? Uh, so, so Nerd Dom's Universe is our, uh, is our company where we, um, we, uh, it's the place that we house all of the stuff that we do. So um, all of these these theatrical plays that we've that we filmed over time, because my show partner was very smart and said, "Let's just film all these and see what happens." Mm-hmm. Um, and at first we would film them, and really the majority of the of the uh, money was coming from people coming to see the live theater shows. But then we would also put them online for people to buy if they wanted to, um, you know, as an additional source of income. And that worked out great when the pandemic started. Yay! So there was stuff there already for us to deal with. Um, so um, so we do so we. Uh, produce those things like i said this um in this last year we've done uh we did five five or six shows last year that we filmed um during the pandemic and then we uh did one full-length one this year we've also done like some shorter music videos because we write parody music um so we've done uh those kind of things as well so we sort of produce these things and then we put them online and we have a patreon and we hope that people um join our patreon and then watch our cool things and we do cosplay and you know show people our cool costumes that we've made and uh and hopefully get hired out to to gigs and things like that. It's a nice it's a platform for our for our entertainment so for squares everyday people who have no idea what cosplay is generally it's science fiction related but not always could be fantasy related that sort of thing i mean so anywhere from dressing up like you know lieutenant uhura from star trek to dressing up like a cylon from battlestar galactica to dressing up to i don't know i mean pick them you know one of the elven queens from lord of the rings i mean that that's generally is the universe of cosplay a japanese anime also very popular in there yeah i mean so like what kind of stuff does do you do with nerd dubs it's uh well i'm the artistic director so like i said we just started a few weeks ago and so right now we're in the process of doing the beginnings of business mm-hmm. <laughs> yay always fun yeah. we're creating, doing that right now yeah. with taxes oh yeah taxes <laughs> yeah. are fun oh. yeah yeah like creating websites and things like that but uh but right. i mean cosplay specifically um is uh it's sort of what separates cosplay from theater is just that um is that you're making your costume not necessarily for a specific shows you're not costuming for that necessarily but you're but you're making that costume because you uh because uh, there's so many cosplay artists on instagram who i follow Mm -hmm. who do amazing amazing costumes it's incredible not only can they create like i mean the whole reason i thought about it was when you're talking about the star wars holiday special and the wookiee people can make these costumes that in some senses are indistinguishable from what appeared in the film or the book or the television show whatever the case may be but then these cosplay artists you're talking about i'm always blown away when they decide they can mix two of them like here's a character from a video game and here's a classic star wars character and i've blended them seamlessly oh and i happen to be beautiful and 24 years old and it's stunning in some cases it's amazing yeah like one of my still one that sticks in my head is i saw a cosplay that's um where a gal did snow white and boba fett 
What? And that, and that sounds insane, and it was amazing. Oh. See, but that's the, like, the juxtaposition of these disparate elements when it's done properly, both from a creative, uh, you know, like a, just an idea standpoint, uh, a thoughtful standpoint, but then also a technical execution standpoint, it really can be unlike anything you've ever seen. Yeah. Snow White and Boba Fett? Snow White and Boba Fett. I'm, I'm going to look it up. Do it. Don't you test me. I I will. (laughs) Tiffany Parker Roberts is our guest. Let's have another song right here. You've chosen one right now that if I was to think of someone blocking out uh, a theater piece or someone constructing an amazing cosplay costume or training to beat up the high school bully. I mean, there's yeah. probably not a better montage this song definitely a montage. This than is, this one right here. This song specifically is, um, I chose this one because this is one of the very first songs that we used in one of our, uh, the first shows of these, um, of the parody series that we started running. We're on 19 shows now. So, um, but we've, um, this is one of the very first ones. And it's one we do regularly. It's a uh, Pan's Peter, a totally tubular adventure. It's our 80s show. <laughs> <laughs> and, it is ridiculous. It's our 80s show. Like, I play the pirate captain, formerly known as Hook. And, like, uh, and like so each of the characters kind of has a little 80s wow. mix to them. And um, and this one is, is like, the battle in the end between Pan and Hook. And um, and they battle to this song. And every time I hear this song, I, that's what happens in my head. And it just reminds me of, like, why I do this, about the joy being on stage and, and performing in front of people and just creating these ridiculous things to for people to laugh at and have such a good time. And that's what this reminds me of. <laughs>
Yeah, it's still as good as it always was. Yes. It's a, it's a powerful <laughs> motivator that has not lost any of its gravitas, its emotional heft in the intervening years. It's the Brian Oak Show, and before we go any further with Tiffany Parks Roberts, we need to mention Sean Bernard. Sean Bernard. Oh, yeah, I'm a realtor. I do that on the side. Yeah. <laughs> Hear this podcast a little bit too. So if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell, have them get in touch with me. 612-859-2594. This year we're doing something kind of fun. And uh, with anybody who buys or sells with me, we're donating a portion of each sale to a local musician of your choice. What if the person buying the home says, well, you know, I play a little, uh, you know, I'm, I'm something of a local musician. I'd just like to give that money back to myself. Sure. Really? Whatever you want to do. No, no, yeah. no, no. You need standards. Come on, Sean. All right. Well, I have had people say, well, I don't know who I should do. I said, well, I do. I know 100 area musicians who would gladly take a donation to help them with what was a horrible year for uh, for musicians. Okay. So, so yeah, we're going to do that again. We're doing that this year, and I'm excited about it. It just kind of came to me in February, like, what can I possibly do? And this is a way to be able to help uh, help local performers. So 612-859-2594. That number is also textable. Tiffany, the time on this podcast is racing by, and I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. Um, so I want to, so we've heard about Nerd Dom's universe uh, and some of your story. If people want to stay up to date with what it is you're up to, what sort of wacky, wonderful, beautiful, absolutely upside down, nutso stuff that you're involved with, what's the number one place for them to go to stay in touch with your latest creative endeavors? With me specifically? Yeah. Um, they Or the work that you do or the people oh, you're sure. involved with. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, for Nerd Dom's universe, you can go to our website or... Uh, just nerddomsuniverse.com, or you could uh, join the Patreon because we'll have more stuff on there. Okay. Um, or, uh, and that's nerddoms, N-E-R-D-D-O-M-S. Correct. Okay, very yeah, good. Just, because people will be like, I didn't hear what that was, whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, and then uh, otherwise, uh, for me personally, um, I try to I try to uh, pull my Instagram because I'm very visual, so I like to do that. But Instagram or like stuff, sometimes I post stuff just straight up on Facebook. Anybody can find me on Facebook. What's your Insta account? Tiff Dynamite. Love it. That's T I F one F Tiff Dynamite. Yeah, and yeah, Tiff Dynamite. It's all over the place. Just if you just Google my name, Tiff Dynamite with one F, every, everything comes up. Oh, my we Instagram, will. I Google we my Twitter, like, <laughs> like even things I don't use, like Snapchat. It just all comes. Up. I just took the name off everything. Yep. And marketing. I was like, I, good. Mine, 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 mine. Okay. Yeah. Smart. Well, Smart. a very good move because otherwise it disappears quickly and people are like, oh, I'll just grab that for her. And when she feels like paying me $8,000, she can have it back. Oh, yeah. Like I straight up haven't even made a website. I have that tipdynamite.com. I just took that name right. and it just goes, it redirects to my link tree so you can see everything. That's where I'm yeah. at right now. I'm yeah. at, at tipdynamite at link tree. So and yeah. there's a great list of all your stuff there. I just want people to be able to keep up with you because, you know, we're starting to round the corner, right? People are getting their vaccinations and we're slowly, slowly, I, I wish it were a little more slowly, getting back to some sense of normalcy and getting back out there. Yeah. You mentioned something early in the podcast, which I think strikes a pretty strong bell for both Sean and myself. And really, musicians are primarily who we have on here. And that, that cycle, right, that uh, biofeedback loop of performer and audience, audiences miss it, performers miss it, and we all crave it. And we're all sort of, we've got that empty gnawing thing somewhere in the middle yes. where we need it back, right? We must have it. 
but also we have to do it at the right speed, right? So people will be able to get your stuff in the meantime by following you on social media and taking a look at some things you've done before and keeping up with what you have coming out in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. They can And they can find all of our, our work. I don't put a lot of my, I put my cosplays and stuff online on my own personal accounts, but I, but, um, I don't put, I don't put it, everything that comes out that I, that we do theatrically always comes out on Nerdums on our YouTube channel and everything like that. So that's where you see all this. If we're releasing a show every month, uh, this year because of all the ones we filmed and the ones that we have backlogged. So, um, Pan Speeder's actually coming out in, um, May 1st. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you make me feel like a 12 year old. Pan's Peter, a totally a tubular, tubular adventure. adventure. Yeah, it's a dick joke. It's like the whole But thing. it's a great yeah. one. It yeah. caught me off guard and well, I'm still giggling about it. Well, we had that, because we, we do weird things like we mashups. Like, uh, the one we did last year has gone over really well that we got to perform at BGM Con was, uh, the Godfather Mario. So it's the Mario Brothers video game and the Godfather like together is one thing. It's oh ridiculous. My God. And it's ridiculous. Don't get Bones got to line up on the banana trade. It's so <laughs> dumb. Uh, and then, uh, and but we, also fantastic. But fantastic, yeah. We've got, um, like, we just finished filming our Christmas one because of the spike in December. We we held off on filming that, uh-huh, and we just right. did it recently. Uh, that's a triple X Miss Carol boobs humbug. So we just we should all come out this year for Christmas. But just boobs humbug. Boobs humbug. The actor who played it, who played Ebenezer Scrooge, did a fantastic job. Like, just he was so. Just, just straight man the whole time. Right. <laughs> delivering these ridiculous lines. Love but, it. Um, yeah, it, uh, but yeah, so we, we always, the names of our shows always are far more pervy than the show is. Like that pants mm-hmm. beater, you could bring your kid who's like 16 to that show. It would be fine. Right. You know, there's some burlesque in it. So there's, that's your choice. But there's like, but like, it always sounds way pervier than it is. God forbid we like, let the kids see burlesque show that are also seeing incredibly violent, awful things. Like I for know. me, like I said to my wife a long time ago, I'm like, I don't care if our kids see nudity and stuff like that. Yeah. But watching people gratuitously kill each other constantly, yeah, that's, not that's cool. a problem. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's not good for your psyche. And no, well, so you can't see you can't see a titty on American television, but literal por- yeah. torture porn. Yeah. All, to, all day, every yes, day. There, there's something very, very distinctly wrong yeah, with, wrong, with that particular that paradigm. That's a whole other priority. show. <laughs> a, it is a whole issue. That's a wrong priority. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we are at the hour mark, which means we have to wrap it up. So I have two last things for you. One, yes. do you promise at some point you will come back? Yeah. Okay, good. Because this, again, I feel like we've barely scratched the surface. So as you have new productions coming forward, and maybe even with your first like live, real people around Ooh. kind of show, we can have you come back and you can talk about it. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, very good. Then before we go, I want to thank Smart Start MN. Sean, I want to thank you very much. I want to say you're welcome. Okay, good. <laughs> that's that's how that interchange is supposed to go. Okay, I really okay. like that very much. Audio Equip, they are a local company who have provided us with all the wonderful equipment we have here in the Smart Start MN studio. And as things start to get back to normal, as you get back to being a professional clown at children's parties or doing your own minor TED Talks in the cul-de-sacs of your neighborhoods, you're going to need audio equipment and audio equip are the group that are going to get you there who knows maybe you're even a professional performer or musician who needs a pa who needs technical expertise audio equip are wonderful people nate and his entire crew are fantastic and we encourage you to pursue that as well again thanks to all of our patreon members and thanks again to shane who was recently recently in here who has provided a bunch of art for the Uh studio and also i just found out due to just sort of a happenstance thing he now has an entire wall of art at the driftwood charm bar in south minneapolis not far from here it's pretty damn cool now before (laughs) i let you walk out of here again we'll have much to talk about on your next visit tiffany but uh, the part of your bio maybe again because i'm a perpetually 12 year old boy and can't get past jokes like 
Pans Peter. Um, <laughs> the nationally infamous dildo oh. bingo. I would like to know, first of all, in an overview, just to give people a little sure. context, what dildo bingo is and how it came to be and how it came to be so infamous. Okay. So uh, so I worked at a bar in the middle of my Grubby's experience as well called Pie Bar. And Pie Bar was over uh, in, I want to say, Seward in that neighborhood, somewhere up of 85 in that general area. Um, and uh, this uh, Ty Yule opened up that bar. Ty Yule actually just, um, just put out a book. Called chemically enhanced butch. Um, they had, after after they ended up closing that bar, they uh, decided to go um, finish their get their master's degree at Harvard. So they did that, and then they came back and um, and they came back not only with a master's degree but also um, transitioning into a man. So they mm. so they um, so they had a lot going on. So they just wrote their book. They're fantastic and very very smart. And so um, we <laughs> now I'm going to say something opposite. We were sitting in the office one night <laughs> and we were drinking. And um and wish I don't do it anymore, but we were drinking and um and we came up with dildo bingo. So we're like, wouldn't it be fun if we did bingo here? Because it was an <laughs> old like VFW or Eagles Club or whatever. Yeah. And so we're talking about meat raffles and stuff. And we we're like, what if we did bingo, but it was called dildo? And so we started laughing about that. And they were like, okay, or maybe let's do that. Um, and so we partnered with this with this smitten kitten and yes um, and. and yeah yes and yeah yeah pretty much everything is my whole life is yes and yeah. And so we partnered with them. And so we so they would give us um they would donate these toys and all the money went to charities that Shannon Blowtorch would uh, would choose. Mm. She's wonderful charities that she would choose that were mostly kids queer youth charities um and uh and then all the proceeds of dildo bingo would go to those uh would go to that and then uh, we would give away all these dildos and everything and so of course we changed all the boards so instead of saying bingo is a dildo and you have to yell dildo if you get it and it was <laughs> it was the most ridiculous thing mm-hmm. and uh, and it went over but i'll bet everyone had a blast oh they did yeah it was it was fantastic it was very very popular we ended up doing it a couple of times after after pie closed but um uh, it was it was a fantastic experience everybody had a really good time uh, shout out to shannon blowtorch who i got to know over the last yes. few years Wow. I mean, not only a great person, but the the DJ sets, like, enjoyable. Every single song, I'm like, there's not a clunker. in it. Every DJ yeah. hits a lull, hits a down point. Shannon Blowtorch is as good a local DJ as there is in the Twin she, Cities, the end. She's amazing, and she has a, she, if you ever get have her on a gun, have her talk about her backstory, because she is such an interesting person. I actually met her because she was a dancer in my first go-go show at Club Metro. Mm. That's what? how I met her. Yeah, that's how I met her. You, well, but, Shannon's never been on this show, and she's going to be. Oh, please have her on this show. She's I would love such to. an amazing person. She's No, she's incredible. Uh, also, shout out to Smith and Kitten, who I've worked with on a couple occasions mm-hmm. in the past, and I just remember, you know, people say things like sex positive and no judgment zones, right? And it's still, you know, I guess I'd be maybe because I grew up Catholic or maybe because I'm just square and a prude, but I remember doing events inside Smitten Kitten in my radio career oh. and um, going in there and being like, there's a book over there about <laughs> fisting, you know, and like just and being freaked out and then having this young woman who could have been kinder, more open. Gen- just decent and nice and I was over looking at some things that I did not recognize on the wall yeah. and she's like oh that's a bluetooth enabled Swedish cock sleeve um, you can sync it up with your mp3 player or your phone and you know the penis goes right in here and then it will vibrate to the beat of whatever song you're listening to and <laughs> I, I, it was so matter of fact it was like I, I, and so that's the way the world should be right it yeah. should it should be normal it should be sex positive it should be healthy yeah. it should be safe there shouldn't be any shame or weirdness and I still blushed like a schoolboy. you know <laughs> what do you mean a bluetooth enabled Swedish cock what? sleeve I mean that's 
that's that's the way that we should be about things, you know, instead of like showing kids violence and stuff. Like, yes. I don't have any kids, so I can't yeah. tell people what to do. But like, but like, that's what we should be showing. They should be totally fine to be like, here are boobs. Like that should be right. completely fine. Yeah. Not not uh, not like let's watch something get blown up or some gore or whatever. Like not exactly. That. Oh, I'd much rather have a young adult be involved with sex toys than with automatic weapons or anything involved in violence whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Although I, I wonder if you get in trouble for bringing a dildo to school. You probably, probably. Yeah. I mean, well. You should well. That's weird. It depends. I mean, like we're not we're not talking like middle school, right? Are we talking? It's, I would assume high school. Is it some yeah, high school? I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, now we're talking to Smitten Kitty. Yeah. yeah and and scene. Uh, also, though, I do want to mention I did not buy the Bluetooth enabled uh, Swedish cock sleeve. Not because I found it shameful or wrong in any way whatsoever, but because it was so state of the art and so cutting edge. It was $275. And you know what? That's just. Don't get me wrong. I I love getting off as much as anybody else does, but that was that was too much to be able right. I to. I mean, you graduate from high school in like '86, so you're more of a manual kind of guy. I get it. I write. So I see you over here taking notes with a pencil. Yeah, it's a pen. Sorry, a pen. Yeah. I don't mean to aid you too much. A pen in yes. a notebook, you know. Like, but so. I mean, I do have my laptop in front of me. But when it comes to note taking, I do. I, I do it manually. <laughs> I do, too. A lot of things manually. <laughs> Tiff, Tiff Dynamite is what you may know her as on social media and around the world. Tiffany Parks Roberts, this has been delightful. Thank you for coming yes, in. thank you so much, both of you. Thank you so Come much back for soon. We'd I would love to have you. We so will absolutely fun. have you back. But you're not done yet because okay. the third song you've chosen is a beauty, and it is a beauty on so many different levels. And I want to know, as we wrap things up on episode 146 of The Brian Oak Show, why you chose this particular track. Um, you know, when we were on the break, China and I were talking about yeah. um, about a uh, uh, about parents and about encouragement and, and doing things with your with your uh, life in mm-hmm. general and like and like saying yes to everything. The improv yes, yes, and, yes, 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 and yeah, yes, and yes, and saying yes to everything. You know, and trying right. everything out as long as you're not. Well, no, that's not true. I was going to say as long as you're not going to die, but that's not true. I will, I will, <laughs> or not hurting other people. Yeah, not hurting other people. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. very often though that I, that I say I'm probably going to regret this, but like that's going to be on my <laughs> on my gravestone because I say yes. it all the time. I'm like, I don't let's try it. Let's see what happens. Um, but uh, mm, but like, bop. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, doesn't um, mean but, but, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I. So I try to, especially you had mentioned earlier about being about being younger and wishing like the one thing you wish you would have done is said yes to more things. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And to not avoid things for whatever reason because you know because you were insecure or because uh, because you were afraid or someone. I was afraid I was going to fail. Yeah, or whatever. You're afraid you're going to fail, which I think is is a big issue for a lot of us mm-hmm. is that we're afraid of that. And um and it has been quite a long time since I've since I've since I've uh, been afraid to fail and I just I mean I mean I'm always afraid to fail but like I, I've said no to something because mm-hmm. of that. Like when uh, when Grumpy's closed, I didn't want to leave Grumpy's because I really liked it there. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a whole family thing. I've been there for so long, and I wasn't going to leave, and also money. But also, I wasn't going to leave, you know. And then I, um, and uh, when it closed, I could have got another bar job, and I didn't. And I was like, let's see what happens. <laughs> let's see what happens if I if I just go full full time, and you know, instead of seventy hours a week, I'm working ninety hours a week at the theater. Like, let's do that and see what happens. Um, and so far, so good. Uh, but uh, but I just took that leap, you know, and I just refused to go back. And so every experience that comes at me, I always say yes to it, and I just and I feel kind of unstoppable because I because I don't say no to anything, you know, and I just try everything out and. And anything that comes at me, I'm happy to see. Even even stuff that ends up being bad, it, it whatever. It was an experience that mm-hmm. I had. I'm okay with that, you know. And I just think that that 
everyone needs to have that attitude about life and just absorb everything and, and experience as much as they can in the time that they have. So don't stop. Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. Good time. 